They all look the same too. I don't get it. They just like I, I looked at it. and I'm like, is this a casting call for like a like a it's, like for it's a, a role you, or something? You you know this is like um, if you look at a uh, Dulux color chart, you know, thirty shades of white. Yeah. Um, Hello and welcome back to the Great Maids Podcast. Um, I'm your host for today, Baneo, and with me is Josh. Hello, it's as usual. Just the two of us today. Yeah, the usual. <laughs> what do you mean, the usual? Uh, I mean that in a loving and endearing, okay? You know when you like enter like a, you know, a, like a, a coffee shop that you, or, like, you always go to and they know your order off by heart? Oh, yeah, that... I feel like you can relate is... to that. <laughs> A bit too real. <laughs> when I know the baristas by name as well, oh we we reach a point at which look. And and again, this is the thing, right? <laughs> I have I have formed quite a few, quite a few relationships, like friendships with baristas oh and you know the people that own cafes for the longest time. I think since I was in uni, uh, since I was an undergrad. So, um, I've gotten to know them and uh. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they're good people. Um, and that's, the, I think that's like particularly the, the, the group of baristas I know now. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they know my usual order, but they're not afraid to throw curveballs my way when I just say, Oh, I just want something yeah. hot or I just, I want something cold. You decide. <laughs> Give me whatever you want. I will pay. I will pay. <laughs> but you can decide. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, how have you been, given that we are, what is it now, six weeks? Yeah. Uh, into We're in the first six weeks of um, what, what I just read is going to be a long and arduous journey yeah. for Victorians. It's extended. State of emergency got extended by 12 months. Um, Oof. I don't, I don't know how long, much longer we're going to be in stage four for, but I, mm-hmm. I doubt it's going to be any shorter than we just like plan. Yeah. Um, I hope, I like pray that, I pray to a God that I don't believe in. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's sooner rather than later. I'm, I'm suffering from like, just, I, I miss seeing people, you know? I just, like, mm-hmm. like it's... I mean, it's cool to, like, talk online. I, I do talk to a lot of my friends online through Discord and stuff. Yeah, um, but it's just different, yeah, it's just I different. guess. And I, I, feel, mm. I feel, like... I feel bad because, like, a lot of my friends right now that I'm talking to a lot are all American, and they're all going back to, like, college tomorrow. And oh, so no, no, I will no, have literally, no. like, no one except for, like, the two Aussies that are on the server that I'm on. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then that's it. Now I just, you know, cry. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I made a lot of friends. Like, I, man, I made a lot of friends reading this. Just like, it sucks that I can't. It's good. I mean, yeah, but it sucks that I can't, A, see them IRL and B, um, mm. talk to them even, right? Like, I mean, like, I can, I can, like, I can, seeing them IRL isn't that important if it's an online mm-hmm. friend, personally, because it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I just think that like distance doesn't really matter anymore, right? Like, especially when you have mm-hmm. like face face call, like video call and stuff, and like yes, so you can see each other's faces. But I think that like I don't know. I think it just sucks that I won't be able to talk to as much or as regularly as I do. But I, I guess it also means that like for me, it'll mean I'll be a bit more productive, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, I'm. It's just a lot of feelings right now. Yeah. 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 I mean. You know, Queensland or Brisbane, mm-hmm. as it were, is uh, you know when we're recording, we just had a small cluster identified, um, and the tricky part of that is, is because um, this impacts quite a lot of Brisbane in general. Like just because these were all in one facility and these people lived, you know, across the city as well. Yeah. Um, so we're pretty much on edge at the moment, mm-hmm. which is. Um, for some people, I think it's a bit of a worry because we don't want to be in the same position as we were, you know, um, in April or May. Um, but, you know, um, I had friends get tested today because they were, you know, just being vigilant, you know, they were in the areas where, um, there were contact tracing alerts and all those sorts of things, which is really good. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, People are people are now, I guess, yeah, um, more vigilant about how they spend their time outside. Yeah. Um. So, and mm, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, long term, what mental health impacts we have. Yeah, that's um, one thing. Because um, you know, we 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 know what happens, and we've already seen it happen. Yeah. Um across Australia, but now that we're in this sort of prolonged, um, particularly for, you know, New South Wales and Victoria, it's like the prolonged effects of mm. what we have had to go through as a community, yeah. um, how that changes, particularly for young people. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like, I don't know, like, I'm at, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I really don't know anymore, because like... Mm. Like, on the one hand, I really don't want to be that guy that, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, goes out and sees his friends and breaks care. But, like, I'm on the edge of, like, breaking down, like, having not a mental mm-hmm. breakdown, but, like, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, like, slowly building up the habits that I built up my last year of high school, which is not a very good, like, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I don't want that to happen again because I, I mean, it didn't take much for me to break out of my shell, thankfully, like, when I was in... Um, when I like went back to university, I, like three, four weeks, I had made friends, right? But yeah, um, I don't know. Like I'm just, I'm just like scared of the prospect of losing, of losing not social skill, but like having me, having myself build walls for no reason, right? Because mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. I'm a fairly open person. I'm not shy or anything. I don't, um, for the most part, before I, I would say before like quarantine, I didn't really care about. Like, I'm not so much. I did care about how people saw me. But it was more like. I didn't want to be, um, my main, my main concern was to not be seen as like an annoyance or as a hindrance. Right. But now that like, you know, COVID COVID's happened and like, I spend a lot of time with like a very particular group of people. Right. I sometimes feel that way, even though I, I mean, obviously it's probably bullshit anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I, but I obviously my head's, you know, my mind is playing tricks on me and, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's tough, you know, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. Why? <laughs> Ugh, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
So it's like not talk about COVID for too long, but like <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think like okay. So what? How how much longer do you think this is going to last? Like in terms of Australia, I think that Victoria is probably going to be in a state like like uh, a stage of restrictions for probably another mm. like six. Months. That's how I see it. Yeah, and it's like and like when I mean by restrictions, I mean like strict. Well, not strict, but like stage three, like five people a household kind of stuff. That's probably the like. Mm-hmm. For like the next three months, maybe, and then after yeah. that, we'll go up to probably ten to fifteen people per household. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last three months, that's how I see it. And then the last six months of that state of emergency is just to monitor uh, the situation, you know. Mm. Which yeah, and I'm hoping that it doesn't affect my um my education because I applied today actually for for my mm-hmm. course next year, and I'm I'm really hoping it doesn't affect um how I receive um my education because a lot of it is practical a lot of it is hands-on yep. on-site filming you know mm-hmm. and so obviously doing everything online will hinder my experience by a lot and it can hinder like personally i'm not one to like learn online i just get too distracted I'm like i'll end up playing yep. video games during, <laughs> mm-hmm. during a zoom call or something you know oh boy oh and boy. it's just like i i know i can't trust myself that much right mm. so um I would much rather having like have to go into class and like see the teacher face to face because that at least puts some accountability on. Oh, I have to be doing it right. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, mm-hmm. and so I don't know, man. Like I just I'm hoping that it doesn't affect me too much next year. And it's like maybe I'm just talking out of my ass and like by the time Christmas is up, things mm-hmm. will be okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what will happen. I mean. Like, I guess in in one hand, um, I don't think we'll be seeing anything um, in terms of, you know, interstate sort of travel within the next six months. Um, If we are all able to um, lower the infection rate, um, potentially we will get, you know, we will... All, all Australian states and territories will probably be in some less restrictive um, sort of conditions, maybe by Christmas. But yeah. again, it's it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things like this is something um, you never really know what's going to happen. And, you, you know, the Queensland thing literally just shows how, um, you know, they're, they're trying to find out how this new cluster formed and um who knows if you know if it's even connected to what happened um a few weeks ago so now unpredictability is one of the things you have to kind of really accept and acknowledge that it will probably um you know always be there Mm. um for people like myself who need certainty that's a difficult that's a hard pill to swallow Um, but you know, you have to acknowledge that this is something that, um, it's going to take a few, really, like, it's not going to be like, no, this is, this is a long, yeah. long haul, like th- you, know. you know, three, four years, right? Like mm. it's, yeah, it's and, interesting to think about cause it's like, you know, like, like obviously, you know, I, I don't think that I'll, we'll be in, rest- like we'll be in major restrictions for like two years. Right? I think that like restrictions mm-hmm, will probably mm-hmm. ease start of next year. Like. Probably within like the first three months, restrictions will start to ease down, right? And then mm-hmm. by the time, um, I would say mid, like the like media break happens for me, right? I think by then we'll be mm-hmm. in a somewhat state of normalcy. Probably not international travel, but like definitely, um, like possible borders opening up between states, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Right? And like I think that 
it'll be like a maybe a two three year process for us to finally like to slowly start opening back up to um other countries right mm-hmm. and i think it'll obviously start with countries that have um like i guess dealt with the issue first right mm-hmm. so definitely not america yep. <laughs> Oh, oh, but like, oh boy but i think like new zealand um mm-hmm. like the local like asian um sorry not uh, like well i mean yeah like asia you know like mm-hmm. um china korea japan you know uh you know, okay. countries that have resources basically right mm-hmm. um yeah i think that like after then like you know by the fourth maybe by the fourth year we'll probably be back to quote-unquote travel normal stuff right we'll be mm-hmm. we'll be back to <laughs> And even then, you have to be careful because it could like it can still flare up, right? Yeah, because it's a <clears throat> you know it's a virus. It's not it's not like it's going to disappear. It's going to come back at some point. Yeah, but hopefully by then we'll have some form of like I guess infrastructure to help us you know, negate the effects of of a sec- of a well of a wave like like three four years from now. Mm. I mean that's the, the and that's the whole thing. Like you know that's why the the number of vaccines that you know. Um, that they're looking at doing is is a good sign mm-hmm. um but again I, I think it's you know some decisions made by politicians can be a bit opportunistic yeah so again it's you know um and we're speaking from as you know a med research perspective here vaccines mm-hmm. take time to assess whether it's you know safe and if we can continue to use it for the long term yeah. and um if it does help um with um you know ensuring that people will continue to have those antibodies against um the virus yeah and and you know that's hopeful but we need to kind of see the data first before we can really sort of make a concrete decision because um yeah it's lots of it's lots of things and um this is going to be um very few interesting few years ahead of us yeah for sure um mm-mm-mm. but you know it, it, and 2020 for all of its curveballs mm-hmm. um really has sort of i think i think made made us take stock in you know the whole i i don't know if 2020 would have um had its you know the the things ha- that have happened so far mm-hmm. um and i'm specifically talking about you know um addressing systemic discrimination um and and confronting it um very publicly i don't know if that would have had the same impact had it had these certain events also not you know not happened before it i guess mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, the whole thing, like, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. um, was really amplified because of, you know, the... The fact that people weren't going to work, yeah. Yeah, but also because um, the restrictions disproportionately impacted um, people of color. Yeah, that is true, yeah. So, yeah. And that's the same thing that happens here in Australia. Um, and there's actually a different set of factors here. As well, because there are different, you know, the the international community are are disproportionately impacted because they're not able to access stuff like um, job seeker, job keeper, mm-hmm. all those, you know, um, welfare payments that are made available to citizens. Um, so again, it's a, you know those sorts of things have come to light, and I guess this is a perfect segue because we've been on a bit of a diversity train um, the last <laughs> few episodes. Yes. So let's let let's keep keep 
um, going with it. Um, as of recording, um, a few, uh, well, a few days ago, really, um, there was an Instagram post that was making the rounds, um, saying, um, for the Rob Guest endowment, which is a sort of like a bursary, you know, scholarship mm-hmm. sort of thing for musical theatre, um, in Australia. Uh, I think it's $55,000 for, I believe it is one, one person. And then there are finalists. I have no idea. It's that. Yeah. So it's, so they go from a top 30 shortlist to, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six finalists, and then one person wins the um, endowment right. or the bursary. Right. Right. So the 2019-2020 Rob Guest Endowment shortlist came out. Um, let me just pull up the exact date. Um, the 20th of August, 2020. And if you take a look um, at the top 30 shortlist, lo and behold, it is 30 shades of what? vanilla. Um, I said this. Before, I made the. I made the. Oh, but like oh. as I said before, it looks like a castle. <laughs> they look. They oh, all yeah. look the same, and it's. I mean, like no, like no shade to those actors. They probably did, you know, like do mm, something mm-hmm. right in order to to like get on the on this this shortlist, right? And it's like, yeah, no diss, but also like it's shame on shame on the system for for being so biased, you know? Like, oh, Lord, yes, and like I don't know. It's just like. I said this before, but, like, uh, I noticed that, like, a lot of the streamers I watch are white. I think that, like, I think I only, like, watch one streamer that isn't white. I think they're biracial. And it's just, like, they're not even an Australian streamer. <laughs> they're American, right? So it's, like... Oh, my God. It's just, like, I don't know. You know? Like, we're in a, we're in a point in time where everybody has access to a camera. Everyone has access to um, some sort of way to express themselves in a theatrical way, right? Mm-hmm. And giving the excuse that that they gave, which was, if you want to explain it, <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Uh, let me let me read out their statement. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you some sentences. So, um, what they say is the the foundation for the Rob Guest Endowment. Um, it says it's a competition open to all young performers of any ethnicity or color, um, and are consider constantly striving for diversity so it, it claims that it was widely publicized on social media theater websites um it was sent to agents they received 251 applications for the 2019-2020 award um and i quote the process does not make any attempt to document an entrance ethnic background the only metric considered by the judging panel was talent they did not consider race color religion or gender when choosing a semi-finalist um and and this is the and this is the thing, right? Ha, um, you say that, but the the panel itself um carries with it its own bias. Yeah. So it's very easy to call that. Sh- it, it what it essentially means is that they're saying that um black indigenous and other people of color did not do enough. Yeah. To meet the whatever criteria it is to get onto the shortlist for top thirty. Well, I mean, even like uh, listening to that, it sounds more like the excuse is that that people didn't apply, like mm-hmm. as if that's an excuse, which it isn't. Because like, like, okay, it's it's like it's not that like um, it's not that people don't submit. Again, it's it's people turning a blind eye 
you know it's also the mm. fact that you know if you know if okay if like purely based on merit right okay yeah and this is like complete hypothetical like there is no bias right there's no race bias mm. right um mm-hmm. like looking at where these people grew up right they probably don't have the same resources that these white actors do right Oh yeah, for sure, and that's like that's a systemic problem. That's an actual issue that needs to be addressed on a on a completely like overall level, right? From 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 the ground yeah. up. Yeah, but in order to do that, you have to start you know promoting people who are in those situations, right? So that they're mm-hmm. seen on television, so that people understand that they're being represented. Not only in um because once people start seeing themselves on TV, right? They start seeing themselves oh. Well, if if that person can be on TV, well, then I can be in office, you know? And it makes mm, people mm, think mm, that mm. Um, they can be represented elsewhere, and, and it helps us um, then diversify our political um, class, which is, like, what we really need, in all honesty, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, I don't know, it's just this whole, like, dumb thing where they're like, oh, like, you know, these people didn't, you know, do such and such. It's like, no, like, you guys were just being assholes and decided to... Um, vote purely, like, you guys, okay, whether you were conscious of it or not, you guys voted with a race bias, and it, that's unfortunate for you guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, something that we need to all change about ourselves, because, like, it's a, like, it's a thing even that I recognize sometimes in myself, that I don't, like, um, there are times where I'll trust, like, not trust, but there are times where I might be swayed more by one specific race because they look more like me than I would by another mm-hmm. person, which is dumb. It's not something I'm proud of, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's some, it's something that's happened to me before, right? And yeah. again, like these people, I'm assuming the panel is all like older white people, right? Like I would, or like say the majority yes. of them, right? Like you know, and so that just mm-hmm. speaks to me that they did probably vote with a race bias. Even if they weren't conscious of it, right? It's just like mm-hmm. because it's built into yeah, it's built know, into it's society, built into and it's a, it's a societal yeah. problem. You know, it's something that we need to fix. Like, it's not just it's not just like I feel like I'm giving excuses for these judges. I'm not right. It's like mm-hmm. something that they have to address themselves because something that they have to push past and and um be less ignorant of. Right? Is the yeah. fact that yes, you have a race bias. It's unfortunate that you do. Like, you know. Generally speaking, people you will tend to side with people who look like you more often than not, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's just this whole like bullshit like like thing, and it's just like you need to you need to address it. You need to um you need to at least uh, try and and take steps towards changing it, right? Like mm-hmm. put the effort in because even if you even if next year it's not that much better, you know, if you keep trying and keep putting effort into it, then eventually you'll you'll change your mindset. It's going to happen, you know? Yeah, but I, I would also contend it's like, um, yeah, you can keep trying, but you need to um, continue to show that you are improving. Yeah, exactly. And that accountability, yeah. um, particularly in this day and age, you know... Um, Cancel culture is right, right? Like... <laughs> Oh, I have, I have thoughts about cancel culture, but we won't probably delve into that today. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, you know, that level of accountability, um, now that they realize that they fucked up, mm. um, it's about being transparent and not about hiding anything. Yeah. Because Never people will don't hide it. Yeah. You have to acknowledge that it exists. So you need to be open and honest with, um, the public that you are actively trying to change, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, 
because if we see the same, if you don't show who the judging panel is, mm-hmm. um, exactly. You know, in 2021, 2022, whenever they're going to do the next, um, application process. Yeah. Um, and you get the same, you know, 30 shades of egg white, um, yeah. come through again in the next shortlist, then we'll just assume that, oh, it's the same white panel, um, that, that judged all the applications. Um, so that accountability thing is, um, really important and the i know that there have been um you know creative industry people within the industry who are um, black or indigenous or other people of color who have decided to forego this this particular pathway altogether and start their own endowment funds which is also a good thing um it's it's about the, this is this is like a true chicken and egg problem mm-hmm um where we can have separate endowment funds um but also we would love to see um more diversity in these existing structures that we that have been around right yeah so it, it's this both and that i'm i'm hoping that will um you know encourage change and make things more accessible yeah um, at, at this level, but then when we go down into the audition process for people who want to do musical theater or, you know, um, in creative industry degrees that need a portfolio. Yeah. Um, because I, I've seen my, um, through QUT and its sort of process. Um, a lot of the alumni who have previously been in um, sort of the BFAs, the fine arts theater, yeah. um, have mostly, mostly been white. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think times are, times are changing. So, you know, education providers also have to have yeah. that accountability in mind. Um, and this particularly also goes out to those very famous, um, you know, NIDA and WAPA, mm-hmm. um, you know, the very prestigious schools mm-hmm. who claim diversity, um, but only really it's, it's know. a front. It's a, yeah. it's a facade. It, it's, it's all, it's all for show. Mm-hmm. There's no true structural, um, process that will address these it's things. Not even, it's it's just like, I don't even want, like, I, I don't even expect, it's just, I think this is maybe a bit me being jaded, but I don't even expect like mm. them to have like strict policies. I just want them to have a system where it's like, you know, a system where people who are who are who are like picking the talent and or um you know are, are judging them right are diverse mm-hmm. themselves because if you have a diverse judging panel then you definitely will have a diverse um like shortlist and I think that like mm-hmm. that goes for basically anything right like as long as you have more than like like you have you have a lot of groups represented in this panel then it's fine right. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it, it sounds, I mean, it sounds so bad because it's like, I don't want anything in paper. I just want, I literally just want the panel itself to be diverse. Because if that's, if that happens, then from there, obviously, we'll see change. Because they are the people making the decisions, right? And so, um. Well, you would hope. Yeah, one, one would, would hope. hope, right? So, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Maybe I'm not asking enough, but I feel like it's all we really need at this, like, for this, especially for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like if a panel is all white, obviously, I feel like it's so it's so sad to say that, but like obviously we're gonna have you know a short list of all white. It's like the same with the Oscars so white thing, because like most of the people oh, yeah. who are 
you know, on the panel for those things are just older white mm, men. Mm, yeah. So it's almost the same reason why period histories are like made because mm-hmm. they're like designed to win Oscars, you know? Like 1970. Because yeah, they're like trying to appeal to the judges. It's, it's like a gross, uh, it's just gross sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I always have a thing like, well, prove me wrong then, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I have a level of cynicism when it comes to, um, things especially in media um, because representation in for minority um you know cultures and stories that aren't necessarily told through a um through a non-white lens get portrayed and distributed it's one of those things where i'm just like you need to prove me wrong because if it just continues to happen then it just shows that y'all are just pieces of shit not mm-hmm. doing anything to address it um yeah. and that not only goes i think for uh that not only goes for western culture um you know because i grew up in a country uh in singapore where a lot of the stuff was mostly um chinese leaning you know yeah you know we look at chinese stories because there's a significant chinese, chinese population. um population in singapore mm-hmm. um you know although there are there they have their own channels for the malay community for the indian community yeah. um those sorts of things is you know like if you're not one of the three main cultural groups then your story is probably not being told or if it is being told it's told through one of those three lenses which is a well well particularly the chinese singaporean lens um which is the majority so it's again one of those things that structurally and globally needs to be looked at um it's just you know yeah i don't know i I think that like on an entertainment level we definitely need a lot more people that are on (laughs) my And a lot more writers and directors who are, because mm-hmm. I think that that's like, okay, I have like a point of contention here because sometimes there are, there are specific cases where I would understand if there's like less of us, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like, I, like, okay, how am I going to word this? Okay. So for example, um, representation on a whole in parliament, right? Like, I think that, like... Yes. Yes, we definitely need more people of, like, minorities represented, especially more indigenous, especially more, um, like... I can't remember the name, but the, like, there's, like, a specific minority that, like... Torres Strait Islander. Why am I such a dumbass? Mm -hmm. Um, but, like, more of those people in parliament, for sure, right? Um, Mm -hmm. we definitely need, like, policymakers who have minorities in mind. Um, I... But I'm not, like, expecting to see, you know like, 30% of Parliament be, you know, the same as me, right? I'm not expecting that. I just mm, want to see mm. three or four people that I know that are, like, have my minority in mind and actually have the will to fight for my, my like, my specific group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't even have to be the same colour as long as they hold the same values and the same, um, I guess, uh, beliefs in terms of diversity and in terms of um, immigration and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but then when it comes to entertainment, entertainment is such a unique thing because it's like the whole point of it is to like at the at the end of the day, it's to it's to entertain, right? But yeah, um, it's also a, a way we use like it's a way we can um, I guess create empathy for for different groups, and it's this is like getting really meta and like really like maybe like too in my own like um, I guess what's the word. 
my head, I guess. I don't know. But like, I think I see entertainment as a way of, and this is also because I'm someone who wants to be in entertainment, right? I want to make stuff, mm. right? For, for TV and for film, right? Um, I see, I see it as a way to create stories that will allow people to empathize with me, right? Mm-hmm. Not, and like, and, and like for kids who are like me to see themselves in positions of power or in positions of, um, like, um, <sighs> Like, like where they like in a position where they want to be, no matter no matter who they are, right? Like they don't they don't feel like they're locked into a STEM course or they're locked into mm-hmm. trade, right? Because of where they grew up or um or their skin color or whatever, right? It's just like it's one of those things where it's like entertainment is such a powerful medium that we need minorities there because um if you keep telling like majority stories, those minorities like people will lose lose empathy for those minorities, and eventually mm-hmm. it'll get to a point where people don't. Like, people won't be caring about us enough to vote for people who care about us. And then mm-hmm. those people then make policies to limit uh, limit us in a way, right? Like, um, whether that be making it harder for us to gain citizenship, whether it be, um, which, I mean, it has happened in the last... I think I was, like, one of the few people that was able to get... Like, one of the few families that we were able to get the citizenship thing before, the, like, some really harsh regulations came in um, uh-huh. back in 2000 and, like... This is during the Rudd government, actually, during 2008, actually. Um, and then, like, after, I think after him, then something, I can't remember exactly, but, like, and they made it harder to get a, to get PR to get citizenship in Australia, right? After, he, mm-hmm. after Labour, after Labour was kicked out of office, right? Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing I could talk about, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then, like, um, what's the word? What I'm trying to think of right now. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. So, like, you know, um, we like we obviously like we one hundred percent need people like minorities in en- entertainment, right? And that's mm-hmm. I think that's like a must, you know. And we need more people in there, right? Just because we're um, a small minority of the population doesn't mean that our stories don't deserve to get heard. They do, right? Like yeah, yeah. and so um, and I think entertainment is such a perfect medium for that because it's because you can you can blend real life examples of of things that we face like racism, like. Um, for some, obviously, like, if you're living in a lower class area, like, so, like, the struggles of being in a, um, socio, like, a lower socioeconomic class and, like, how mm-hmm. resources don't reach you in such, in a way, right? Um, yeah. And, like, cause, like, even if it is entertainment, like, and, and fictional sometimes, right? It's, mm-hmm. it still reaches people in a way that, like, we can't describe, right? It's, you still, people will watch this, like, a, a white person will watch that and understand that. They're meant to empathize with the main character, and that main character is a minority. And so maybe mm-hmm. in you know next time they meet someone of that minority, they can that it makes it easier for them to interact with that person, and you know be less ignorant to their to their struggles, and um, allows them to um, I guess clutter out the like or like filter out the hate that they had before. Because I mean, hate is usually born from ignorance. It's not born from um, you know like like. A burning, you know, desire from within, right? It's it's because mm-hmm. people are ignorant to other people's suffering, um, or because someone's a sociopath. But like, that's an actual <laughs> issue that people, need to see, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like as I'm saying, like yeah, I think that like entertainment is such a perfect place for minorities to be because again, it allows us to tell our stories. It allows us to. Like, mm. I'm just gonna. I'm really just repeating myself five million times. But yeah, like, I'm just gonna finish <laughs> up. I mean, I'm just gonna finish up. It allows us to tell our stories, which then allows us then allows people to empathize with us, which then allows people to then vote in policymakers who have our yeah. interests in mind as well. So you know, mm-hmm. it's a cycle. <laughs> 
Yes, and we and we did, you know, and and Nick also shared his thoughts about this last week because this is exactly the same conversation that we had. Um, and you know, I also brought up, and I'll repeat it again tonight. Um, it's why I feel like having this is also an important um, way to uplift and I guess highlight those experiences that we have. Um, as Asian Australians, um, and you know, for some of us, queer Asian Australians, uh, because we have those intersections that impact us differently than it would if it was just, um, you know, just a straight Asian dude, Anglo, Anglo, or you were just straight Asian dude. I mean, um, there's a reason yeah. why you have white gay, right? <laughs> ah, lordy, Lord help us all when it comes uh, to white gays. Um, it's but, a fun time in the queer community, though. Uh, mm. Sometimes it's an interesting time. It's always interesting. Sometimes it's not really good. Um, but again, it's an ongoing. I guess it's always going to be an ongoing conversation true, because true. we will never stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is an ever evolving thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, queerness is an ever evolving thing, and culture is an ever evolving thing. So it's um, we're never going to stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's always changing, um, and even for individuals, you know, um, and we, and we've mentioned this before, it's like when we talk about growth and in personal growth, as that positions change over time. So, yeah, you know, um, it's never static, which is why it will always happen that there will be a conversation about things like culture and Mm -hmm. the need for diverse voices um and that is never gonna end i think um it'll just be i think for for us as our own sort of unique storytelling position um that will evolve um beyond this podcast and we sort of touched on that um, in our anniversary episode, so who who knows where we'll be mm-hmm. um, in the future. Yeah. But uh, to segue on from our talk about musical theatre, uh, yes, Bins, I was about I was literally going to segue you... Um, yeah, speaking of musical theatre, I um. Oh Lord, here we go. All right, the day was yesterday. Actually, yesterday. Um, Ooh. today was yesterday. <laughs> Uh, yes. and I was, what was I doing? Oh, I was just chilling on Discord as I do, um, mm-hmm. browsing YouTube to watch something. And I, I kind of like, I wanted to listen to some music cause I was like, but I didn't want to listen to like Spotify. So I went to, um, and the, like, uh, like a few days before I had watched, um, the tiny desk concert, uh, performed by Chica, who's a, uh-huh. an American artist and she's really good. I love her. Um, and I, I just, okay, sorry. I just wanted to, like, um, footnote that, like, I have been listening to a lot of new artists recently. I've been listening to a lot of Mitski as well. Like, uh, Mitski and, what's her name? Haley something. Just, like, a lot of, like, these, like, artists that I just haven't heard of before for some reason. I just, I don't know why I haven't heard of them. But, yeah. So, I've been listening to, like, Mitski and, like, um, these other artists. And then I listened to Chica's um, Tiny Desk studio, uh, Tiny Desk thing, and I was like, okay. So this was yesterday. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna re-listen to that, and I did. And I was scrolling through, and I re-listened to um, Tyler the Creator's um, Tiny Desk because I had listened to it ages ago. And in the sidebar, like in the recommend, like recommended feed next to the video, um, it had Hades Town Tiny Desk, and I was like, oh, isn't that that musical? 
Might as well give it a listen. Isn't that that like, musical okay. that we were talking about with the, <laughs> that Anastasia first brought up because she, she has skewered me for not crediting her. <laughs> not crediting her for... As the original person who recommended it. To me? <laughs> to me. To you. Oh. oh well, no, okay, to the okay. podcast in general because she brought it up. I can't, well. Yeah, I can't remember, like, when I heard about Hades Town. I know it was definitely through Anastasia. It was, like, definitely on the podcast <laughs> at some point. I know I heard it. Yeah. Um... But I was like, yeah, isn't that like, isn't that like that musical? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm feeling adventurous today. And I clicked on it because, okay, another, another, another point of reference, another like footnote here is that I have never interacted with musical theater outside of a year five uh, production of Peter Pan that I did, that I helped with as a back, like backstage as a stage manager, I think. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, that was a bad idea, by the way. I was in year five. I me- mucked up massively on the on the on the first night. Second night was okay. Oh. There was only one hiccup, but it was like that's to be expected. Um, actually, I, I think about it now. I probably I was definitely gonna do the um the production the year after too, because I was in the first school production for for my primary school, and I was mm-hmm. definitely gonna do it again the next year because I I enjoyed being stage manager. So. I kind of wonder what my life would be like now. Would I have been a theater kid in high school? Like, Ooh. Because in year six, I moved to an, to ICA, which was um, a, like independent school, but it was we also really small. That, yes. And uh-huh. like, there were theater kids, sure, but like, um, there was no production team at the school. So we just didn't have a production. And uh-huh. so I, did, uh, yeah, I did, just, yeah, literally just didn't get involved. And I had lost my interest by the time I was in year seven. Oh, and also I felt like by the time I was in year seven, I was in a different school and there were already like theater kids there and I felt weird about entering it also. But like the main thing was I had lost interest, right? Uh So the only time I've interacted with musical theater properly was when I was a stage manager in year five at Peter, during a Peter Pan production, right? Uh huh. Um, I think actually the, the, the kid who played Hook was in the, um, production of, um, it was at the, I don't know which theater it was. It was like one of the big theaters in Melbourne. Um, he was in a production of Mary Poppins as one of the chimney sweep kids. Mm. So like he's he's he has a, I wouldn't say like a big career yet, but like he's definitely going places. <laughs> okay. Um, he was a great singer back then. He was a great performer mm-hmm. back then too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's off topic. <laughs> Not really. Um, okay, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I was listening to the. I, I clicked on the Hades Town um, Tiny Desk. Yes. And within the first five seconds, I was already in love with the sound. I was just like, it's just oh. like it was. The music was just. It's just like big and like soulful and audacious, and it was really just ah like because it started with um, uh, way down Hades Town, and it's just like, oh man, it just. Such a good song, and then it played. Then they uh, did uh, played wedding song after that, which is like this really sweet like. Um, so I'm not gonna lie, the guy who plays um, Orpheus is like. <sighs> I said this before. I feel bad for saying this because he's not a bad singer at all, and he's like he's amazing, and I like I love him, but he sounds kind of like just like a generic main character, like main hero guy. Does that make sense? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm new to this. Okay. Um. But yeah, like he sounded like a, um, like a, like I guess a generic main character, but like whatever. Um, I really enjoyed listening to Hades as well when he like comes in at the very end of Way Down Hades Town. He like, like that voice, ugh, that voice is so good. Um, and then also like 
at the very end, I think they play uh, Why We Build the Wall, which is an amazing song as well. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, and then like today I started listening to the the um, Broadway cast recording, um, which came out last year um, on Spotify, and I have made it to track 26, which is Papers. So yes, that is that is like my my like experience thus far. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to like say about Hades Town. Like, well, about like it's definitely opened me up to the idea of like like actually watching a musical. I've never, I don't know, I've never like I I don't hate musicals. I just like I guess growing up I've been averse because a lot of my friends didn't like them, so I just naturally I guess gravitated that way, but. Um, I just started listening to Hades Town. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, I love this. <laughs> why wasn't I like? Why wasn't I listening to this before? Why wasn't I like into this before? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, and it makes again, it makes me like question where I would be if I had a continued staying at the school that I was at and doing the the production year after that. Mm-hmm. And would I have like found? Would I have found like? Um, what's the word? Like, would I have found musical theater then? You like, mean you mean become again, passionate about musical theater? Well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm a, I'm someone who likes to try new things anyway. Mm-hmm, like right mm-hmm. now, and so uh, this is definitely not going to make me like a like a theater kid, right? Like a theater <laughs> dude, right? I'm like, but I'm definitely open to the idea of watching musicals now and watching and listening to musical uh, albums uh-huh. and stuff because like. Well, they're good. <laughs> like, there's nothing else I can say. I, mm, um, okay. It was weird because I was saving my first, like, I was going to save my, I was going to pop my cherry <laughs> with um, Hamilton because uh-huh. I know, I know yes. that's good because um, I've heard a few songs. I haven't mm-hmm. heard all of them, but mm-hmm. I've heard a few songs from it and I like mm-hmm. most of them. But I guess, I don't know, I guess I'm starting with Hades Town because <laughs> it's such a good freaking, like, the, oh, just the music <laughs> is just so good, man. Like, I, oh, dear. <sighs> I mean, man. Okay. Um, that, I mean, you know, I, I love Hades Town, and I, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember if I've mentioned this. I'm fairly sure I have mentioned this on the podcast. I recommended it to a friend who was in New York who was debating whether or not to go watch Hamilton, the Broadway, Frozen oh. 2, and oh, no, Frozen the musical, and like they were debating whether or not to go watch a different like another option so i recommended hades town to them um and they went and they fucking loved it and like hades town and i'm we've mentioned this before it's it's a very different i guess vibe it doesn't yeah it doesn't feel like a typical musical like the again the style of music the like um I guess like the like the story itself is is like a retelling of an old you mm-hmm. know, Greek of Eurydice and yes. Orpheus, right? And and also of Hades yes. and Persephone, which is I like I love I love Greek <laughs> mythology. I love mythology in general. And like I've been meaning to like find an excuse to to I guess um, delve deeper into like Greek mythos because I think I was like I was literally thinking about buying um uh. Uh, the Odyssey, oh. and I was thinking about like reading, like, f- like actually sitting down and mm-hmm. reading it properly. Even though I'll probably end up blowing <laughs> my brains out because I know it's a mm-hmm. long book. But um, also, like a lot of Greek plays, I want to read, and like it's it's just definitely like it's it definitely it's based off a story that I have, or it's based on a setting that I have a mm-hmm. lot of interest in, 
And so automatically it's crap me. And then also the way that they're retelling mm-hmm. it is like Hades Town being this like mining, like it's a mining place, right? It's like a yes. coal town. Yeah, where they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I find it's like such an interesting retelling. And I think it, it works really yeah. well too. Like seeing some of the clips, because I watched some mm-hmm. of the clips today. <laughs> I watched some of the Broadway clips today because I was like trying to look for a place to, yes. to watch it. I wanted to uh-huh. watch it today. Um, and like the clips make it look so interesting. It's just, I don't know. It has a different vibe too, like than most musicals that I have. I think. I think the thing seen. is right. This, along with Hamilton, other is, is a flavor of musical where if you listen to the soundtrack, it runs straight through. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes musicals. I think people think about musicals like Book of Mormon, um, where mm-hmm. it's if you listen to the soundtrack and you watch the musical, it's actually two different experiences. It's songs, right. and then there in between those songs are scenes or vignettes that you know mm-hmm. merge the you know that help the plot progression along things like Hades Town and Hamilton um and I'm pulling from another Lin Manuel Miranda uh, musical in the Heights as well is that mm-hmm. the entirety of the soundtrack is plot progression um so oh. if you listen th- so you can listen to the and whole soundtrack get the full story. and get the general gist. That's um, so cool. That's one of the things what I love about these kinds of um, th- what I would call through and through musicals, where the plot, mm-hmm. you listen to the soundtrack, um, it just runs straight through. Um, no, There's no break in the music. It it's almost like um, it's almost like a visual mm-hmm. album, like a visual concept album, right? Where every song is progressing yeah. the story, and then the I guess the musical or the theater aspect of it is the visual yeah. accompaniment, right? It's the same thing with um. I guess it's gonna be such a crass uh comparison, but the um Bash Brothers mm-hmm. visual album that Lonely Island did, I think, like last year, um, that is like that is a visual album mm-hmm. that was on Netflix, um, that ran for an hour, I think, and. It like tells the story of the Bash Brothers, like an abridged version. Um, and each video clip was like progressing the, pl- like each song was progressing the plot, but also, um, like the, the visual accompaniment was like a kind of, it wasn't key, but it was definitely like, um, a way to help you what, like, like put mm-hmm. all the pieces together, you know? So I, I like, is it like a similar kind, thing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, town and Hamilton? Um, essentially it is. Um, I mean, you know, for, for people who like musical theatre, you will know how to find these on YouTube, so I'm not going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but if you find, um, you know, the full performance of Hades Town somewhere, and you listen to the soundtrack, um, you know, bar obviously the um little subtle changes that might happen performance to performance um it follows the same thing like it literally is the same it's the soundtrack through and through um and what else i love about hades town so much is also the diverse number of characters and the actors that portray them as well oh man i love their casting Mm -hmm. so much i was again i think that they had the actual fates in the um yes tiny desk and like just like looking at like the mm-hmm. fates themselves, just like three com- like like ugh, three amazing women who look nothing alike, and I loved it. <laughs> when you hear them harmonize, it is a blessing. Oh, just it makes my like ears just like mm-hmm. smile, mm-hmm. man. God, I don't like. Yeah, I was talking to um one of my friends, and this is okay. So uh, 
a little tidbit about a lot of my friendships is in high school, we were very reserved in terms of talking about things. Like, we would joke around about, like, crass stuff, sure. But, like, we never actually talked in depth about things at all. And it wasn't until um, I started university, or, like, not you, but, like, I had left high school and finished that, um, when my friends and I, specific friends who I thought were really reserved and, like, shy and, like, started talking to me about more open, like, Mm -hmm. topics. And one of the things that we never really talked about again was, like, musical (laughs) theatre. And I never knew, but my fr- I talk I was talking to my friend today, and he literally like I told him like like okay I know like don't like I told him like don't judge me because again one of our friends in our group didn't like musical theater so we'd make okay. fun of it right and so I was like and it I guess maybe that's probably what deterred us from talking about it in the first place in high school, um, well maybe him specifically because he's very shy and like anxious <laughs> anxious but I was like telling him, I was like yeah like don't judge me but. Um, I think I'm. I think I like a musical, and he's like, "Oh, like what musical?" I was like, "Oh, Hades Town." He's like, "Yo, dude, I love that." I'm like, "Excuse me, you like musical theater?" I was like, "Yeah, man." And he like told me that he like wants to find places to watch like um other. Well, now I know, but <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh to like watch other musicals. Apparently, there was a um like a musical or uh that like they like. You can like pay money to be in the stage, and they would perform around Ooh. you. I can't remember the name of what it was called, but like it turns the like the stage into this like Russian, like like bar thing. I don't know. I can't explain it. Hold on. I'll see if I can find an image and I'll send it to you. Um, he sent me an image of it actually. There it is. It was like this. Oh, that's interesting. And it's like this whole musical that like you can if you. Like, there's, like, an actual place where you can sit as, like, like general admission, uh-huh. but then you can pay extra money to, to be seated on the stage, and they, like, perform around you and stuff. Oh. It's so... <sighs> I forgot the name of it. I have to ask him again. But, like, uh, maybe Anastasia knows, because she's, like, a guru <laughs> of, all, of all things in musical theatre. Mm-hmm. But um, it might not even be musical theatre. I might be, like, messing this up major. But I know that it's theatre of some kind. Oh, okay. I found it. Um... Um, the, it's Natasha oh. Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Oh, yes, he said The Great Comet. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it a... It's a, a musical. musical. I don't know. There you go. Well, yeah, he was telling me that he was, like, trying to find a place to watch that. Oh, that's nice. weird. the same thing. It's, okay, so it's a musical, um, inspired by War and Peace. Tolstoy the, like, novel. Book? Oh, my God. <laughs> Huh. Interesting. A, wow. That's interesting. But yes. But yeah, he was telling me like like he wants to get into musical theater. Mm. And I think cuz I think his sister's into uh, it okay. or something mm-hmm. like that. But like so he like obviously got like hints of it as he grew yeah. up. Um cuz he's yeah, anyway. But yeah, like um I don't know like I, if like, all I can say is that right now I feel like I'm in a whole new world right now of like entertainment. <laughs> And like it's again like reawakening like the feelings I got when I when I was on stage well not on stage when I was backstage doing like stage management for a, a play a, a musical um, retelling of okay. Peter Pan mm-hmm. as a kid <laughs> yeah I don't even remember why I decided to do it in the first place I think it was like my friend was auditioning for like a part and like um there was like because it was mm-hmm. three of us and I decided to join them and like. Well, not audition, but I was like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do something backstage because I've always been that kind of guy. It was like, I like being behind the scenes and doing things behind the scenes. Like, yeah, does that make sense? 
Like, I'm not like, um, yeah, I don't like, it's the same reason why I like, don't like being on camera. I just, there's just something about it to me that mm-hmm. feels wrong for me to be on front. Maybe it's just me being anxious or whatever, but I just, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And so it like, it's like, yeah, like listening to the Hades town and like, like watching clips of it is like, it's like reawakening something in, in the back of my head that I've, that's laid dormant since I was like mm-hmm. eight. <laughs> like, oh, well, not eight. How old was I in year five? Um, 10. I would have been 10 years old. Yeah. Since I was like 10. So it makes me wonder, maybe I would have been a theater mm. kid in high school had it not been for me moving mm. schools. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been a very different person today. I think, yeah. Like, you know? But, uh, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, me finally kind of stepping my toes into a, a medium that I haven't, you know, tried before, and, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy because um, there are different stories to tell. I'm excited to to watch Hades Town the way that you taught me. <laughs> um, I'm also excited to watch Hamilton uh, ooh, on Disney Plus sometimes because God, that, that it just looks so good, mm-hmm. man! It just mm-hmm. looks so good, you know. And um, like, you'll see some similar staging like elements in both i'm not gonna tell you okay. what staging right. elements are the same um but there are very similar That's staging similar. elements oh i saw this really cool however bit, um, i do prefer the hades town staging element like the way that they there was a i remember in one of the mm-hmm. clips i saw there's like a bit where she um you already see singing um, wait for me is it, yeah oh, yeah she's God singing bless. wait for me and like um office is in front of her and they're walking and i was like the fuck they're walking in place and the camera it cuts to a mm-hmm. different camera and you can see that like there's like fog underneath them but then underneath you can see this like treadmill mm-hmm. kind of thing and i was just like that's so cool <laughs> Ooh, god it's so oh man i'm like and just thinking like thinking about it is insane because it's like in film a lot of stuff you can do in post mm-hmm. or like um this is like, a whole different i guess maybe getting game. like up yeah, like uh, getting a peek behind the curtain of some of the production mm-hmm. stuff um, that I like that we learn about in, in film school and like stuff like that, and then like seeing that stuff, seeing stuff that's similar applied live on stage freaks yeah. me out because <laughs> it's like there is so much chance to fail. Like that's like that's why you have multiple takes of the film, yes. right? Like, you you have like a leniency to like to mess mm-hmm. up, but on stage, man, it's and this is again, this is like harkening back to the to that first night of. Um, that Peter Pan musical where I messed mm-hmm. up the, the song cue because they like waited for me. They like, I was like, I can't remember what, what happened, but I remember that like I, the, the final song didn't play for like a solid three minutes and oh. I had no idea why. And it like kept starting and stopping. I was like, no, this is not right. And I kept like over the like radio. I was like, what the fuck? Happened? Yeah. By the way, we had like headsets and everything. Oh, wow. So you cool. fancy. Uh. <laughs> This is a pu- this is funny because it's a public oh school <laughs> that I did this at. Uh, oh my but, god! Yeah, mm, it makes mm, me mm. think, you know. And I'm excited, you know. Again, I'm excited. I, like I guess the I guess the other thing that I find so impressive about Hades Town is um, when you do get a chance to watch a performance of it, um, take a look at where the um, band is situated, and you will understand why I am very appreciative and you know give all my props to um every single performer not just actors or the dancers um Mm. because the band plays an integral role in telling that story as well um the cast man ugh like conductor dude uh, just uh everything mm -hmm. man 
I think I I remember I remember seeing him in a clip ages ago that I sent to the chat and that and like because there was like I think there were like people out front of the Hades Town for like production they were like doing a, a mm-hmm. sing along or something I think it was like a maybe they were singing spirituals I can't remember they were singing something um and it was like a massive like it was like a block party almost it looked mm. kind of cool I don't know I, yeah I remember mm-hmm. seeing him then and then like seeing him actually sing like dance as well he looks old but like the dude mm-hmm. can move mm-hmm. <laughs> like as since again this is from the clips i've seen so far because i haven't actually watched the performance yeah. yet dude can move um but yeah no i'm, I'm excited like just <sighs> excited mm-hmm. i'm excited <laughs> um yeah and then yeah I, I like after after hades and and um hamilton i'm gonna be thinking about other things to watch Ooh. i guess because you know why stop there? Why not just actually give a shit about the mm-hmm. the medium? Because it is cool. It is an interesting way to tell story, and I, yeah, mm. it's cool. It, I think it'll also push me to like, because I love like, I love listening to to live music in general, mm-hmm. right? And so this is I'm like someone who goes to dive bars to listen to small bands. Like, that's the kind of person I am. So I'm interested in like maybe this will maybe. I probably won't ever bring like my friends along with me. Maybe one, but like I, I might. I'm open to the idea of seeing them, seeing like live production in mm-hmm. Melbourne mm-hmm. now as well. At like, I think it's the Princess Theatre. I don't know. It's one of the big theaters. Mm. But yeah, I'm yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> that is all. Bless, bless. Yes. Oh dear. Hmm. How do you feel about slowly starting to wrap up? It's probably a good idea. Um, I guess I guess I will close off the show. Yes, um, so we're gonna do recommends as usual. Bin, do you have your recommend? Um, I Ooh. do. Oh, as, as usual, how on brand? As usual. Um. Okay. So the actually hold oh on. Oh my one. god. All right. So the first thing I'm recommending is is Tiny Desk because uh-huh. yes, it's Tiny Desk and it's amazing and. All of their, like, every single concert I've seen of theirs on, on their YouTube channel has slapped, um, without fail. Um, I think I'm watching the Mac Miller one tomorrow mm-hmm. at some point. I feel like, I love how I'm, like, planning out my watches, like, because I have nothing mm-hmm. else better to do in my life. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, that, um, my second recommendation is, I think, I mean, it's less of a recommendation, more of a, why aren't you playing it yet? Um, Fall Guys, I've been playing a, a bit of that recently, mm-hmm. not a lot, but, um, it's been fun. I've mainly been playing with my friends on Discord and like my my streamer friend, um, and that like you know, that's that I guess. Um, and then lastly, I am recommending um, an anime called Doro Hedoro, which is like it's on Netflix. It's twelve episodes long. Um, twelve or thirteen. I can't remember exactly. I haven't finished it myself, but so far I've watched like four or five episodes, and it is. So, like, anime is usually weird, but, like, they're very serious about how weird mm-hmm. it gets sometimes. Doro Doro is an anime that is weird, like, genuinely weird, right? Um, but doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's, like, hella campy at times, but it's, like, campy in a okay. good way. And it's oh, it's just so funny, and it's so fun. It's, like, there's just a lot of energy mm-hmm. that show has, and, it, and it, it's an anime that I haven't, like, it's a type of anime I haven't seen in a long while. Also, um, I am hardcore crushing on Noi, who's, like, a, um, she's just, like, buff, um, enforcer, I guess, for, like, one of the, like, ma- for the main villain, um, but she's really nice, and her, like, thing is that she can heal people. Oh, she's really cool and big, and, like, has, like, 
everything about her is amazing. That's all I'm going to say, right? Her personality is amazing. Her dialogue is amazing. Um, her character mm-hmm. design is amazing. Like, one of my favorite things is, like, um, she, <laughs> she, like, her whole, like, thing is that she doesn't, I mean, she can't really use magic because, okay, hold on. Let me give us, like, a very brief <laughs> synopsis of Dora Hedora. Um, the ma- it revolves around this guy who has a lizard head um, in this place called the Hole. Um, there are two. There are like two realms, right? There's like the the uh, like um, the realm of sorcerers, and then the Hole. The Hole is where like normal people okay. live, right? Then then there's like the sorcerers realm, which is where all the sorcerers are. And um, sorcerers are kind of like they're magic, but they're also like scientists. And what they'll do is they'll go down to the Hole and experiment on okay. humans. To like, um, te- to like develop their ability, their mm-hmm. like magic ability, and e- everybody has like a specific like mm-hmm. type of magic. Like one person will be sp- like good at um, transforming people into bugs, and another person will be good at transforming people into mushrooms. Another person will be good at um, healing people, right? Like that's, and then there's like another person who can like stop time or whatever, right? That's like how um, that magic system works, okay. right? Um. They haven't, I haven't ex- they haven't explained all of it yet because there are like other aspects that are like missing, but whatever. That's the general gist of it. You follow this guy named Kaimon who, oh, and his friend, um, Nikaido, who's like this, um, gyoza shop, um, owner, but they also go and beat up sorcerers to like find out who gave him his lizard head. Um, and the way that they are trying to find who, um, who gave him his lizard head is by finding sorcerers, um, then basically he shoves their heads into the into his into his mouth and inside his mouth there's a guy there's like this dude and he'll say um if that person's the one or not the one <laughs> and if they're not the one they'll kill the sorcerer and move okay. on right and it's this like whole thing it's just so weird like one of the like the the one of the episodes i just watched was like it was literally a zombie episode oh my <laughs> god it was so funny um ah oh, it's it's a great it's just a great show and again if you don't if you don't fall for Noi, I don't know what's wrong with you. She is very cute. Very cute. And, like, I don't know. She's just... I, like, I've given my my D&D friends this, like, I, like this impression that I'm really into buff women. <laughs> and, like, I, like now, that I'm, now that I'm, like, I have this, like, crush on an anime girl who is a buff, like, really buff mm-hmm. woman. Um, I, they literally have all the ammunition they need to, like just beat me to a pulp about mm-hmm. that point but i don't care because she's beautiful and you know <laughs> also just like i think she's also albino so she has like white hair and like like red eyes Ugh, just <sighs> sorry she also beats oh, people up which is pretty cool. lord. <laughs> oh and and um her partner is like hella funny as well he's like this like is man it's a great show people mm-hmm. should go watch it okay Oh, and Kaiman and Nikaido's, like, relationship is really wholesome as well. They're, like, um, it's just, like, they're, like, really good friends, you know? And she's, like, like, there's, like, a point where she reveals a secret about herself to Kaiman, and she's, like, anxious that he won't take it the right way because it's, like, spe- specifically to do with, like, his past and stuff. <clears throat> but then it, like, turns out that he didn't he didn't give a shit because like, he's, you know, she's his friend and he doesn't care. And it's just really wholesome. And, like, for as violent as that show gets, like, it's it's very wholesome. <laughs> like, you're, like, there's, like, oh, man, there's, like, a bit where, like, Kaiman is, like, got his, like, a sorcerer in his mouth. And then um, she gets saved by another, like, sorcerer, like, because they can do this, like, door thing. Um, and he, like, opens up a door and, like, starts pulling her back. And, she, like, her face gets ripped off. 
And, like, you see her face on, like, Kaiman's teeth, and, like, they don't reveal what her face looks like until, like, two episodes later, when she gets- when she gets it healed, but, like, it's- oh, man, it's so- it's so dumb and fun, like, she- there's, like, a point where, like, she, like, on- during the, like, zombie episode, she gets bitten by a zombie, and she starts being a zombie, and it's- it's, like, it's both the cutest thing and the most terrifying thing ever, it's- man, yeah, just- Go watch Doro Doro. It's such a fun show. It's just so fun. I I recommend it to even um, anime like people who don't watch anime because it's it's just that good. It's also 3D and it's done surprisingly well. There are like bits that are 2D and bits that are 3D, but majority of it's in 3D and it's really nice. It's good 3D. It's not like Berserk 2020 uh, 2016. <sighs> oh Berserk. Anyway, that's my recommendations. What are your recommendations, oh, uh, Josh? Before you, before I do my recommendations, um, yes. all right, my socials. Um. You can find me at uh, on Twitter at Bins in the Air or, or on Instagram at oh. Bin the Trash Tin. I am actually posting a lot more on so Instagram now, so please do so go follow I me there. See. Um, I feel like a lot of my new stuff has been really good. I've like I looked at like my last like twenty ish posts, and I've seen a drastic improvement mm. in my skills, which is That's amazing. Um, yeah, and I am also posting on YouTube now. It's just my name, Benaya Baznet. You'll find me. Um, I posted something recently on there. So, by the time this comes out, it'll be a week old, but, it, yeah. Go check that out, too. Um, what am I going to recommend? I'm going to recommend two things this week. Um, first one I'm going to do is going to be a podcast called Rise to Meet You. Um, and this is for people who didn't listen to last week. My last, one of my recommendations from last week was to go and, uh, I recommended Nigel Ng's um, comedy channel on YouTube and to follow him. The man who did, who created the Uncle Roger character. Um, oh. Yes. Isn't the guy who's doing... He, he did, did the, the BBC... The, the lady who messed yeah. up washing her yes. eyes. Um, <laughs> which still gets me, because she's... Uh, yeah. So, um, he, Nigel Ng, has a podcast with another um, London-based comedian, Evelyn Mock. Um, and it, and I've started sort of, um, I think I listened to like the last two latest episodes that dropped when we're recording and then have, have gone through like the backlog. So I've started jump back to episode one and then gone through and listened to, to some, and it's, it's a very interesting, like, like they go down tangents of, you know, sometimes it's like us, but obviously there's comedic stuff throughout um you know you get, yeah they're yeah, actually they, they, they are fun. good at their unlike work me. um <laughs> <laughs> unlike us um but it's really funny go and listen to it enjoy it to be fair to be fair to us we're not like comedians. no we're just we people. are <laughs> a disappointment to our asian parents <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> um but yes, definitely go and listen to Rice to Meet You R I C E to Meet You. Um, basically everywhere you listen to podcasts. The other thing I'm going to recommend is a YouTube channel called Canto Mando. So there are a bunch of um Canadian Chinese um boys who have uploaded. Like I've started watching some of their stuff. It's really funny. Um, like. After watching Nigel and I've started going down the, ooh, let, let's re-explore, like, the new generation <laughs> of, um, Asian diasporic YouTube creators and whatnot. So, um, yeah. Cantomando is one of them. Um, they do content, um, on YouTube and also, like, different stuff on social media. Um, 
it's good fun. So go and subscribe to them as well if you want to come and find me and my very close to 30 year old ass on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me as. Not that old, mate. You're not, you're not oh, there yet. Look, I'm, I am dangerously, dangerously close to 30. Um, but <laughs> as people have told you know, as, as is the well, um, well-worn phrase, Asian don't raisin. Um, um, we, we'll continue this, but I'll, if you want to come follow me, I am Abang Pinoy on Twitter and Instagram. But, uh, yeah, apparently some people still think I'm 24 and I don't know how that happens. <laughs> um, yeah, just an Asian but, raisin, but, right? but, but I am nowhere near 24. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I mean, you're still in your 20s. So True, I I but I'm so close to 30. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, My mom says that I look like I'm in my 20s. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just tired. That's literally all it is. I oh, look tired. Oh, mate, is... I, think, I think, like, the sole reason people say I'm, like, 23, 22, 23, 24, is maybe it's because... <laughs> you probably take care of yourself. I don't know. I don't know. Like... Right, yeah, that's maybe. something I need to get on top of. Um... Because I, what is it like? Ex- what are the three steps for like? Oh, there's more. Depends. Depends. I know there's, a, but like oh, the, the basics, <laughs> right? It's like ex- exfoliate, it's like exfoliate, toner, moisturize, toner, yes, and then moisturize. The, that's yeah. the basics, and then you go into the. And like, if you do the bare minimum, your skin will be happy. Yes, but and as someone who has done like actual proper skincare, well, not actual proper, but like those yes. three steps. It, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it helps a lot because my face, like my skin, yeah. Um, but if you are willing to burn money, um, then you can do the ridiculous, like, nine step, 14 step Korean skincare thing. Um, I don't have that. Um, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but love the, the skincare products are, like, amazing. Yeah, no, they know what they're doing out there. Not wrong. Not wrong. It's just you need to put a lot of money down on it. Um, yeah. But yes. Um God. Where was I going? Um oh, need to do the podcast socials as usual, Twitter and Instagram, Great Mates Podcast. Come subscribe to us and our four other spin-off shows. Um Let's Get Deeper, Spoilers for Days, the Intercommunity Podcast, and Unpack This Brain. Those will progressively get more and more content uploaded onto their respective channels in the future mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i am currently in a bit of a um, blind panic because i'm doing project obviously which means other stuff has to be put on the back burner for now um but yeah. don't worry there will be always more and more content maybe there'll be some new voices you will hear particularly on some Ooh. of the other channels um yes so who knows what will happen um aside from that I really need to sit down one day and just listen to all of them because I just actually, to be fair, I haven't really listened to our own podcast. Oh, <laughs> my lord! Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I am yeah. God, not a good fan, guys. <laughs> tisk tisk tisk. Um, anyway, that's gonna be it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.